You're listening to Guinea Big and Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura, and we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. This week on the podcast, we're interviewing our friend Jess Sternberg about ethically made, sustainably sourced fashion and how to stay centered on social media. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Steph. Hi, Laura. How are you? I am fantastic. And today we are being joined on the podcast by Jess Sternberg. Jess is the general manager at Flow Active, and she's also the founder of a new line of activewear called Free Label. Hi, Jess. Hey, guys. How are you? We're great. We are fin- yeah, we're good. <laughs> really excited to have you on. We've been meaning to for quite some time now. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you guys. I feel like it's been a a long time coming. I've wanted to talk to you guys on here. Yeah, I mean, we've wanted to talk to you since um, way before Free Label came to be, but since you just launched your new clothing line, why don't you tell us a bit about what that brand is about? Sure. So um, I launched it with um, my partner, Julian. And so we just actually launched it, I guess it's probably about two months ago now, Um, three months ago, I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, But so it's like a relatively new uh, venture for us. Uh, Basically, it's a um, ethically made uh, clothing line, but right now it's just one piece. And so we're basically making tank tops made of bamboo and organic cotton, uh, great for yoga, exercise, daily life, kind of just... Uh, a company to embrace the lifestyles we want to live. Yeah, and it's Perfect. such beautiful clothing. It's made in Toronto, is that right? Or in Canada? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. made in Toronto. And I think that that just fills such a niche. I mean, I know I've heard you talk about the company before, and you were saying that you created it because you saw this gap in the active wear and just general clothing market, right? Exactly. So when I was working at, well, I still work at Flow Active, working there, um, it's my job to kind of source activewear only from Canada. Mm. And I found it was really a challenge to find really high quality, but not overly expensive activewear or even just uh, like lifestyle wear that's made in Canada. There was just a huge a huge gap in the market for Canadian made. And I thought that was kind of sad (laughs) because I really love Canadian made and I know a lot of other people support it. Um, So I just figured that it'd be easier just to kind of make it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Maybe not easier. Maybe that's not the ideal word. (laughs) Yeah. And your shirt's awesome. I was telling you that I accidentally wore it for about three days straight. I received it in the mail and then put it on and then I wore it to bed and then I wore it to work the next day and then I wore it to bed and then I wore it to work the next day, which is disgusting, (laughs) but I think um, maybe the kind of feedback that you like. (laughs) Definitely the feedback I like. (laughs) Uh, And that's honestly like kind of the whole purpose of the shirt too is that you can, it's like so soft, the bamboo that you can wear to bed, but it's also you know, possible to dress it up for work, to wear it every day. And it's just one of those tanks that you just constantly wear until they're a little nasty. It's so Mm. true. I mean, we, Laura and I both have one. I think we both have the white one, right, Laura? Yeah. 
but I think I yeah. want the black one too. I know, I want the black <laughs> one so bad. Um, Laura tweeted, uh, tweeted when she bought it that the hardest decision she'd made all day was between the black and white Betty tank, um, and I could totally relate to that. Um, but I can totally relate to what you just said, Laura. I love it, and it's so soft, and I think the funnest thing for me, funnest, the most fun thing for me was that <laughs> it, it goes well with jeans. Like, you can wear it, like, like you said, for work, or you can wear it just to go out, and it's so stylish like when you wear it with jeans it's not like you're just wearing like a white tank top it's like you're wearing something like a piece like something that kind of makes the outfit so beautiful work we're so excited about it and do you have any sort of like sneak peek about what's coming next for free label yeah um first of all thank you guys so much for your kind words <laughs> that actually makes me so happy <laughs> um we are working on a few pieces. We're hoping to come out with like a seven or eight piece line. Um, we're not totally, we're right now we're, we're kind of figuring out um, price points and all of that. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. That's beyond the designs. Mm. Um, but some designs we're thinking of is just along that same vein of classic pieces that you just want to wear over and over and over and over again, um, like a t-shirt dress, uh, pullovers, uh, just like the perfect classic t-shirt with like uh, a v-neck and also a crew neck. So just really those perfect basics. We don't want to get too too deep into the into the over designed aspect of things. Just like per pure, perfect basics. <laughs> and I I just love telling people about your company too when they ask about the shirt that I've been wearing all week. Um, <laughs> you know, just I, I love that you're doing something that's ethically made uh, and also using sustainable materials as well. Has launching your company changed the way that you personally buy clothes? Uh, it really has. For me, since working at Flow Active just over a year ago uh, and getting into that Canadian-made, ethically-made niche, because that really is what, what started it for me, uh, I haven't really been able to go back to to the superstores, to H&M, to Zara. I really I don't find enough value in those products anymore, knowing the process of their manufacturing, of you know, uh, knowing the story behind your, your clothes. Mm -hmm. And then since starting Free Label, um, I've also just kind of realized that I don't need as many clothes as I, as I thought <sighs> I did. And that's a big thing for me because I used to be very um, much a clothes hoarder, I want to say. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people out there are, um, but I never really realized it until recently. And I kind of, I had this epiphany that I don't need all these 20, 30 different types of shirts and pants that I probably wear maximum once a year. I mm. really just need to focus on those like four outfits that I end up wearing every single day. Yeah. Steph and I are actually doing a capsule wardrobe right now. Or did it just end? No, we no, have two more months season. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell, tell us about what we're doing. Yeah, so we're trying a, a capsule wardrobe, which is basically just, like you said, having a wardrobe that's only made up of pieces that you really love, and um, and it's small, so I think ours is like, mine is like maybe 35 pieces total, and that includes my shoes, and I save myself a lot of work by only bringing that to Ecuador. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, my workout clothes are separate, so that kind of makes it easier for people, I guess, who are yoga teachers. Um or do a lot of yoga, so active wear doesn't really count. But 
we can just totally relate to what you're saying. I love the idea of having like a minimalist wardrobe, but made up of things that are great, that you love, like that you're going to wear a lot. Totally. I'm so on board with that. And I think that it's, it's so important to remember that, um, you know, a lot of us, we want to do better for the environment. We want to do, um, you know, better for the earth. And it really does a huge part of that is, is your wardrobe. And it really can start with, with your clothes as simple as it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, like clothing waste is the second most polluting industry in total. Right. So that's huge. And if you can start with something as simple as your closet, then I think you're already on the road to, to making your impact. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys say about your capsule wardrobe. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, that you, what you just shared about um, how it's the second biggest pollute, polluting industry. What mm-hmm. else have you learned on this process that people should know about, about the clothing industry? There's so, so much to learn about the clothing industry that's beyond... Um, you know, like mm-hmm. today's trends and, and all of that. Um, I really do urge people to kind of do their own research about it because it's, it's honestly shocking just what goes into making clothing. Um, but one of the things that really stuck with me um, that I learned through this process is that when we buy clothes that are made in developing countries, specifically countries like China, um, they have very loose laws about how things are being manufactured and even when you take a company like a a large company that says we're ethically manufacturing things in China um, Mm. in reality they don't actually know or even want to know where their clothes are being manufactured and what I mean by that is yes they know the factory that they um have a contract with to make their clothes. But in reality, when that factory has too, too much work, they can outsource that to other factories that have much different, um, wage standards and, Mm. uh, and safety standards. And so you never actually truly know who's making your clothing. So I think that's really important when you're reading labels on your clothes and it says made in China. Um, of course it's not like that everywhere in China, like that's, that's not the truth, but you don't, you can't guarantee where your clothes are being mm-hmm. made and in what factories. So that I think was really shocking to me to hear. Um, and I think that it's really important to la- read labels for that reason. Is there any, um, is there anything on labels in particular that we can look for that is sort of a stamp of a company that is looking to do the right thing. I mean, we get that on food all the time, right? We have our uh, fair trade and our organic that are certified through third parties. Is there anything like that for clothing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think immediately before I buy any piece of clothing, I always look at the label. Um, It has so much information on there that I think people just don't even want to look at a lot of the time Mm. because you know, we don't want to know what our clothes are being made of or where they're being made. But I think if you're looking at your clothes and they're being made in a, in a country that has, um, um, you know, high standards of like a living wage and, and things like that. So, um, you know, North America, if your clothes are made in North America, you can guarantee a, a certain minimum wage and certain health standards and safety and a certain 
uh, age that the person who's making your clothes has to be. Mm-hmm. So that's easy, you know, to say, yes, I want to buy that piece. But you also want to look probably at what the fabrics are made out of. Um, it's always beneficial to get organic. Um, bamboo is actually naturally organic and it doesn't require pesticides. So something like that is organic. Other natural fibers, eucalyptus. Um, and then, I mean, there's there's tons of different fabrics and stuff out there. Unfortunately, you have to do a little bit of research yourself, but I think it really starts with what country is your, is your clothes, are your clothes being made in? Hmm. Do you have any other recommendations for North American brands that are ethical and eco-friendly that are doing similar things to free label right now? I mean, I, I know a lot of really great activewear companies, <laughs> so I could tell you where to get the best leggings for sure. Um, one company I actually really like is, that's out of Vancouver and they manufacture in Vancouver is called Inner Fire. Mm. Um, Laura, I know you're familiar with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, they basically, they, they use an awesome recycled plastic bottle fabric, mm. um, similar to Tiki, if you know that brand, which is, it's quite large in the States. Yeah. And they also use an eco-friendly printing process instead of, um, you know, harmful dyes and chemicals. Um, so I really, that's one brand. I love their leggings and I think that's a great ethical brand to follow. I also love Karma. I love Tonic. There's there's a ton of activewear out there that is made in Canada that is really high quality. Yeah, I have a pair of um, Karma pants that you actually sold me at the yoga show in Toronto. Yes, I remember. And they're my favorite. I get so many compliments on them and they're so comfortable and flattering. And yeah, it's my they're my favorite pair of pants right now. Oh, good. I love to hear that. I love how the, that brand, they specifically use high-waisted um, high waist waistbands and for me I'm like yeah just suck me all in (laughs) can't get enough of those (laughs) I do think it's more difficult for men to find ethically made athletic wear these days Uh, a lot of the big brands where it comes to like male athletics uh, are those large companies that often outsourced to cheaper waged countries. So do you know of any brands that cater to men who want to make the more conscious choice? Yeah. Well, first, I I would love to say something about that as a whole. Um, Julian and I were considering making some menswear under free label, and we ended up deciding not to because um, I think there's a bit of a like an unfortunate circumstance in fashion where I don't think men uh, spend as much money on clothes. And I know this is just a generalization, and so I apologize if any of you listeners out there completely disagree with me, and that's totally fair. Um, But I just know from my experience um, working in retail that it's more likely for a woman to spend more money on clothes, and clothes that are manufactured ethically cost more money. So I think that's why there's such a gap in the market for ethical made, ethically made menswear because it is a higher price point. Um, but there's a really awesome company I just recently um, discovered that's based out of Vancouver. Uh, again, it's a higher price point. So I'll let you know how they do because I just brought them into Flow Active. <laughs> so I will update you. Uh, but they're called Strong Body Apparel and they make really cool, very nice quality menswear for athletics so check them out they're really cool 
Great. I know for a fact that a few of the brogies at my studio <laughs> listen to this podcast. Um, and my friend, my friend Sheldon in particular, is very um, conscious when it comes to sourcing environmental materials. And he's always asking me for recommendations. Yeah. So I'll um, let him know. Yeah. Yes, please do let him know. I think he would like some of their stuff for sure. Um, finding... Um, more natural fiber, environmental fabrics is also very difficult, I think, for menswear. So I'll have to let you know what I find in the, in the way of uh, natural fibers. <laughs> you mentioned that men, you found that men spend less money on clothes and that ethically made and local clothes can be more expensive. And I think that falls under one of a category of one of the excuses that people sometimes give when they don't shop ethically. And I wonder if you hear some of those excuses often or if you've thought about them as you are launching this company. And what do you say to those kinds of excuses that come up for people? Because, I mean, money is a factor for all of us. That's totally true. Um, but what, what kind of response do you have to those kinds of things? Yeah. Um, you know what? People have a lot of valid um, yeah, excuses for why they wouldn't want to shop locally or ethically. Um one of the big ones is money. Um, people know it's more expensive to shop locally and to shop ethically. Um, and I totally, I understand that, but at the same time, I think it comes down to, uh, a change in, in perception and how you go about, um, making your wardrobe. And this is what we were, we were touching on briefly before, instead of buying those 10, 12 shirts a season at H&M that are only $10 a piece, you really just need two shirts. And I think it's, um, it's not about how much money, how much more money it is to shop ethically. It's, I think that people need to see it as an investment instead of this quick fashion trend that's happening right now. Um, so yeah, I totally understand why people wouldn't want to spend more money on occasion for, for ethically made stuff, but I, I think there are ways to get around that. And also there's tons of stuff that's expensive. That's not ethically made or made locally. Um, you know, if you, if you take big companies like Lululemon, Aritzia, a lot of people or even Roots, a lot of people assume they're ethically made because they started in Canada, but all those brands manufacture abroad. Uh, and they're still at that high price point. So I think, yeah, there's sometimes it's a, it's a valid excuse, but sometimes you just got to spend a bit more money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, I don't think that um, people are often making excuses not to buy ethically or locally. I think the issue is they're not educated on what it means to mm -hmm. um, shop ethically. I think people don't realize how how unjust the system is for um, people that are manufacturing clothes abroad. So I think a big part of it is just educating people on, on what it means to shop ethically. Yeah, totally. All right. So um, shifting gears for a second, the free label Instagram account is completely, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank um, you. You also manage... <laughs> the Instagram account for Flow Active, mm -hmm. uh, and you've grown that brand from almost nothing online to uh, having quite a following, especially like a local Toronto Canadian following. Um, and then, of course, your own Instagram account, uh, you're mm -hmm. managing that one as well, uh, and you have quite a few followers on there as, t as well. 
So what's your experience been having so many eyes on all of these profiles? <laughs> um, well, honestly, I, I don't find um, I don't find their eyes on me when I have the flow active and free label profile. So that really it's uh, easier for me to run because I feel that I can just kind of express whatever I want through those um, those platforms. It's more anonymous, I guess. Um, but through my own platform, I definitely find it a bit awkward sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if, if either of you guys can relate to me. I'm sure most people can. Um, but it's kind of, it's awkward to put yourself out there and, and um, posting photos of yourself and, you know, quotes that touch you but maybe will seem hilarious to others. Um, so it's definitely a roller coaster, to be honest, on Instagram for my personal account. Um, but I really, I think it's a really beautiful platform for personal use and for businesses. So I really like it. And Laura mentioned all of your accounts are gorgeous. <laughs> um, Thank you. Do you have any tips for creating an Instagram account that people think is like friendly and welcoming and beautiful and lovely? Like, how do you juggle having, I mean, sometimes I see you're posting like, there's flow active and then there's free label and then there's Jess. So like, <laughs> okay, good. This is good. Like she's not always on Instagram, but do you have any tips for balancing, for balancing all of those three? Um, for balancing the three accounts? Yeah. Well, basically I wake up and I like, just like blast through my three accounts and I post something. I, I chat with other people and, and whatever I need to do. Um, I guess it's hard because it's always there on your phone and it's always attached to you. So there's always the option to go on. Right. Um, and that can be pretty tempting and time consuming and a little bit overwhelming, but I think to pick a few times in the day that you think that it's going to be most beneficial for you. So for, for my business accounts, I think that, um, between eight and 9 AM, 5 PM when people are off work, those are good times to post. So instead of um, flipping through all day and all night, I'll, I'll focus my time on a couple specific hours, um, to be a little bit more time efficient. But the thing about Instagram and social media in general is that you really have to, um, connect with people and no matter how you slice it, that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to balance. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for your personal Instagram account, mm -hmm. um, your audience is, it, it's growing, um, but I'd say it's also a very engaged audience. Uh, you have people who love commenting on your pictures um, and interacting with you on Instagram. Uh, do you think that in any way having a larger audience has influenced how you post or how do you work to stay true to yourself with what you're doing online? I think this is such a good topic right now with <laughs> that article yeah. or that, um, what was her name? The, I don't remember her name. I sent that to Steph today. Uh, not Alyssa, something O'Neill. I'm sorry. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. She had a, like a beautiful, unique name. I just can't remember it probably because of those reasons. Um, <laughs> so this is like super topical. And I was thinking about this a lot today, actually, just because of, of, um, her story in the news. Um, I think that once you have a bit of a following or an audience, you definitely start to 
question what you post and maybe um, you definitely edit yourself down a little bit Hmm. because you, you know, in fear of partly offending people, partly displeasing people, you know, everybody wants to please everybody. And I think that it's important to remember that um, it doesn't really matter (laughs) to be honest. So I mean, it's different for my business accounts where I I really do want to please people. And, and, you know, that's part of being a business is customer service. I I want to be a PC, you know, and, and, um, visual, visually pleasing. So I definitely think that, um, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily staying true to my authentic self through my business accounts, um, which I'm okay with, but through my personal account, um, you know, you just have to remind yourself, like, who the F cares? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I tried to bleep myself Uh, there. (laughs) Her name is, um, I'm going to butcher this, Essena, Essena O'Neill. Yes. And I, yeah, I I sent an article with her in it to Steph today. And I was like, I love her. I went through um, her Instagram account, which uh, for anybody who's unfamiliar, this girl has, I think, about 700,000 followers on Instagram right now. And she was this Instagram star, a model, and she's basically re-edited a bunch of her posts to say, getting likes on this photo was the only thing that made me happy today. Or, I was paid $400 to post a photo in this dress, I didn't even wear it for longer than 20 minutes. And she's just kind of turned on this model that has been making her money and stuff, and it's super refreshing. And great what she's doing very mature for an 18 year old totally and I think that um like when I read that I just like read the I listened to her um YouTube video as well um I think that she's just the perfect role model for the younger generation that gets really into social media and sometimes can't see the difference between um you know what's real and what's being manufactured for you because having a couple of business accounts myself, I can tell you for a fact that the majority of Instagram, or at least a huge chunk of it, is a business and it's marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of younger people don't know that. And it's really amazing that there's a role model out there to kind of um, explain the other side of the business side of social media. Yeah. So do you have like an official personal code of what you will or will not promote through your account? Uh, or do you just kind of play it by ear? Um, yeah, I don't really have a, a an official code. I mean, I just do what feels right to me. Like I, I, I was talking about Nerf Fire earlier. Um, like I represent their clothes on occasion um, because I really believe in what they're doing. Um, I've represented Synergy Organic Clothing before as well, and I think they, what they do is amazing as well. So. I don't mind aligning myself with companies that I think have um, a strong purpose or, um, you know, uh, are socially conscious, but I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to actually focus less on my personal account just because I do find it's more, I don't know. It's hard to keep it real. So I guess, yeah, it's hard to keep it real. (laughs) Well, I'd say both of those brands are a perfect fit with you. Thank and you. now you have free label and everything that you get to promote through Flow Active as well. All yeah. good Canadian brands. 
Exactly. So I can kind of live my, yeah. So I guess in a way that is kind of part of my, my identity, right? It's, um, I am very passionate about ethically made and Canadian made clothes. So yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think that, I mean, you mentioned a couple times, you know, you're worrying about offending people. You're worrying about what people are going to think, but I just want to give you a vote of confidence that every time I read your posts, no matter how, you know, cheesy you might think they sound, they're always beautiful and they're always like straight to the heart so I always appreciate that you are keeping it real and authentic and just being yourself on Instagram even if you're posting about I don't know I don't have an example but I can imagine you would post about something silly I, I love that you know and I think that we need more of those kinds of voices so I mean obviously do it in a way that feels balanced to you that's something that Laura and I are always striving to do as well but I seeing your account your I have like seven accounts okay now I'm gonna really put myself on blast I have like seven accounts <laughs> that I'll like because I don't like to scroll all the time so I'll just be like did these people post it'll be like Laura Dylan our friend Dylan Jess <laughs> these few <laughs> bloggers that I follow like that I really love and that's like it so just keep like doing what you're doing girl you're killing it thank you that was so nice yeah. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, we'll be linking to all the amazing brands that we talked about um, that Flowactive carries and that uh, Jess works with and is affiliated with and supports. Um, great organic Canadian-made, ethically made brands um, that I'm really excited to be able to feature on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so nice to chat and get to tell you a bit about Relabel and Flow Active and numb your brains with all my chatting. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. All right, uh, Steph, let's uh, reconvene next week. Okay, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll have everything online at guineapigandgreen.com. You can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at guineapigs. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks again, Jess, for being on the show. Thanks, guys.